0: All right, hey everyone, we are back again. Welcome to The Text Lab. I am here with the wonderful, the amazing, Jen Sodestrom. And this is where we do a deep dive every single week to help you prep for life groups. And our goal is just to help you be a disciple of Jesus who goes and makes other disciples of Jesus. So whether you're leading a life group, just trying to do some deep diving on your own, our hope is that the text lab really just helps you have meaningful conversations about what God has said to us in his word. Uh, This week, we are in John 10, 22 through 42. So Jen, let's get into it.
1: Okay. This is actually like 20 verses. So buckle up. Here we go. At the time the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem, it was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the porch of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, just tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him, who the father, oh, whom the father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the son of God. If I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there.
0: All right. Here we go again. We are in kind of the heart of John's gospel. There is just a ton going on here. Um, Jen, what are just some of the main things for us to kind of be aware of as we dive into this passage?
1: Yeah. Okay. So last week in in the podcast, we talked a little bit about the Festival of Dedication, Mm. which is happening right now. And... Something that we teach uh, our students when they're reading stories in English classes and writing and any yeah. sort of reading is to look at the background because background um, is really, really important. And in these last few chapters of John, the background's kind of everything and understanding the significance and mm-hmm. the weight and the mm-hmm. meaning of Christ's words. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. If you had a husband call his wife from work yeah. and say, hey, babe, I just wanted to tell you I love you. You'd be like, oh, that's cute. Yep. But... In 9-11, when a plane was going Mm. down, we have evidence of a man calling his wife and saying, I love you. Mm. And the background Mm. of what's going on makes that I love you so much stronger. And so it's like, we know it in our normal life, but Mm. we have to look at that when we read scripture. Background dictates the weight of Mm. the words.
0: Mm. Okay. Mm. Hold on to that. Background dictates the weight of the words. I love that. That's
1: good. Okay, so the background of these passages, don't just tell us, um, like, what's going on when Jesus speaks, but it helps us understand what Jesus is trying to say. Mm. So keep in mind, it's the Festival of Dedication, which what we call is Hanukkah. That's the same time. It's winter. Um, They're going to be celebrating Hanukkah. They, in this festival, are going to look back Mm. at what poor leadership causes. Yeah, yeah. Lament it. Mm try to protect themselves against it (laughs) and then celebrate um the regaining of the temple. Yep. Yep. Because they had lost the temple. Mm -hmm.
0: This was about 165 BC, temple had been lost and then was rededicated.
1: Yep. And then it's very important to know this because um Jesus is gonna start using this shepherding imagery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh you gotta remember Jesus was making parallels to this corrupt Jewish leadership while also saying, I am the good shepherd of Israel, Yeah, don't miss it.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. So he's doing that. I think it's kind of interesting at the beginning of this, John just includes kind of some specific details um, in the text that he's, Walking in Solomon's Colonnade, which is Solomon's Porch. This was a porch built by Herod. The temple was originally built by Solomon, so they kind of called it Solomon's Porch. Mm -hmm. And basically, in the winter, teachers would kind of use these porches as shelter from the storms. And kind of just another exegetical nugget here. I don't think there's some sort of like big symbolism that... Uh, Solomon's porch means kind of this special thing. But really, John would just have been writing this to give his readers some very specific details about where Jesus um, did the things that he did and said the things that he said. It would Mm -hmm. be like, in our context, saying, you know, over in Town Center by Rubio's, this (laughs) happened there. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a detail and kind of shows how these aren't mythical or magical stories. They are filled with concrete details that really would have been fact-checkable to the audience of the day. And then it's really amazing to me that the jewish leaders you know they they hear jesus say this they, it's hanukkah is in the background and they tell jesus they say tell us plainly tell us plainly jesus um and jesus answers them i told you and you still do not believe in me we have to kind of catch the iron of here they're like don't keep us in suspense jesus why don't you just reveal yourself and john is making this huge point here um And showing his readers over and over again how how very clearly Jesus has revealed himself to be the Messiah. He wants there to be no doubt in the mind of his readers about who Christ was, his identity, his mission, and that Jesus has been making this very clear all the way back from the beginning of his ministry. And here we are in John chapter 10. If John is sounding like a broken record at this point, that's a good thing because (laughs) the, the book of John is basically saying the same thing over and over again. Jesus is divine. He's fully man. He is God.
1: Every parent on the planet, can resonate
0: with us. <laughs> totally.
1: I've said it a hundred times. Yes.
0: Yes. That is what John is saying here. We've said it a thousand times now. <laughs> and so I think just like notice that as the reader, thinking about John writing to these these believers 70, 80 years after the life of Christ, he's wanting to make it so clear to them that Jesus is the Messiah, which I think is a great question um, in your life group to even kind of wrestle with of like hmm. what keeps us from um, believing something or hearing something, even when we've heard it a hundred times. And yeah. um, what's going on even in the religious leaders in their continual refusal to believe in Jesus. Um, and I think, I think Jesus is saying that the problem isn't that they don't have enough information, but it's really kind of a spiritual problem mm. that's going on there. Yeah. Uh, like what else do you see in here, Jen, just with the sheep imagery and Jesus statement that he's God.
1: It's interesting. Um, the way Jesus explains, my sheep know me, hmm. and I know my sheep. Yeah. Um, I think we can see that uh, in our own families. Mm. Uh, for instance, in my life, I whistle. Yeah. I whistle. I have different whistles. Can you whistles. just
0: give us a whistle?
1: <laughs> I will blow everyone's ears out with this <laughs> thing. But... Um, I whistle with different tones in each whistle mm. and my kids know exactly mm. what the whistle is. And so we can be in the middle of a grocery store and I could be down yep. aisle 10 and they're yep. on aisle 20 yep. and I just give a, yep. and they come like <laughs> running cause they know it's me.
0: They know your whistle. Yeah. yeah.
1: On a, on a softball team, you know, when a coach says, all right, let's go clean it up. You never do something that the other coach says. Yeah. Even though he says the same words, you know exactly who your coach is and mm. you know exactly who the, mm-hmm. what the voice sounds mm-hmm. like. And so in that same way, there's something yeah. so unique about this sheep imagery yeah. and how real life sheeps actually yep. respond to their shepherd mm. and how Jesus mm. calling us to actually respond to him as a shepherd. Mm-hmm. It's knit in us.
0: Mm. It's mm. a
1: part of us.
0: Yep. Um,
1: yep. So, you know, ultimately they're not believing in him because they aren't Christ's sheep.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Jesus could be referring to divine sovereignty of God here mm. uh, to draw those to himself, or he might just be saying that they're not seeing him because of their continual refusal mm. to not see him. Mm. Um, I think that's a really good gut check for us. Yeah. And something we can ask our life groups too: are we continually, continually refusing mm. to accept, see, and believe yeah. in what Jesus is saying?
0: Mm. Mm. So good. So good. I think with that, there's just a, a good question of like, what does it look like to listen to the shepherd's voice yep. today? Uh because sometimes what can happen is we think we've heard it, and that might be the most dangerous place for us to be. Because mm. these Pharisees thought they had heard it. They thought they had it from Abraham. They thought they had it from Moses. And in reality, they actually had a lot of it. Yep. They were really good people. They had a lot of understanding. They were following the law. But in that, they had stopped listening to the shepherd's voice. Yep. And they were unable to hear Jesus when he came. Right. And spoke.
1: And this is not just any shepherd. Yeah. This is a shepherd who stood before them and said, I and the Father are one. Mm. If mm. you're going to listen to one voice. Yeah. Let it be mine.
0: Which is a really big statement that <laughs> so, Jesus makes here. Yes. Wh- what does that mean? What do you think that means?
1: Oh, gosh. What do I think it means? How about we ask them what they think it means? You guys can text in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um,
0: well, next time we should set up that future. Yes. We're going to take some calls now. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: no, but I and the Father are one. Yeah. The way we explain it on a deep theological level is essentially Jesus and God are the same, but mm-hmm. functionally mm-hmm. they're different. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. they each had a different role in the Trinity. Yeah. But yep. essentially, they're the same. Uh, yeah. Jesus says in front of them, I'm God.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: God has given me the power to do these things. I'm providing miracles so that you might believe. I want you to be certain. Yeah. That I am the Good Shepherd, and mm. believing in me seals your eternal life. Like, everything in this statement, I and the Father are yeah. one, is where we get our whole gospel.
0: Mm. Mm. It is
1: our everything. Mm
0: hmm. And if mm-hmm. we
1: miss this, we miss it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I Because I think Jesus is really drawing out here that he and the Father have the same authority. Yeah. That's really kind of, there's this kind of ontological, like, Jesus and God, they are united in the Trinity, um, but they also are separate persons, uh, even in their unity. Mm-hmm. But he's really, what he's saying here is, I and the Father are one, as in, like, I have the same authority as the Father. And yep. so, like, if you're rejecting me, you are rejecting God the Father. And then... Because of this statement, because of the statement, they want to kill him because he's making himself again equal with God. Not the first time that we've seen this in the book of John. But I think that's just really important for us to notice as readers of the text. Sometimes people are like, why? Why kill Jesus? He was just a nice teacher. Like, and they kind of have this soft, passive version of Christ. But Jesus came and made really significant big, strong statements about his authority that was equal with God, the father's. And you can see how his hearers interpreted the statements by the fact that they wanted to pick up stones and kill Jesus. So anybody who's trying to argue that Jesus is just a good teacher. I mean, a lot of this goes into kind of some of the like Jesus seminar stuff, or a lot of just kind of even like secular voices that are saying, Jesus was just a good teacher. He can be on our side. Well, Jesus was more than a good teacher Mm -hmm. because of statements like this. He Mm -hmm. was claiming to be God. You can see that what he meant and what he said by the reaction of those who heard him. So they go and they want to pick up stones. There's more controversy, a strong reaction to Christ's statement. And in Jesus' defense, I want to unpack this for just a little bit. It's a little bit nuanced, but I want you to understand what's going on in the text here. He kind of brilliantly defends himself by quoting Psalm 82.6. If you Mm -hmm. go and look at Psalm 82.6, it's talking about the tribes of Israel who are poetically called gods, referring to every human being made in the image of God. And so Jesus kind of is kind of toying with them here so a little good. bit. Um, it's a little bit of an insult back to them and their logic. And he's saying, "All right, if it, so, if it's not blasphemous in Psalm eighty two six <laughs> for the tribes of Israel to be called God, why are you trying to stone me right now?" Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of where it brings in the background of Hanukkah. Um, the shepherds of Israel they're lacking knowledge and they're lacking understanding. And Psalm eighty two six even talks about um, things being consecrated to God, things being holy um, before God, which is what the reded of the temple was all about. And he's making this point that your logic is flawed. Um, I have claimed to be from the Father, but I have done the things that God does and I've demonstrated and shown you my authority. But you are corrupt. You're not leading the people of Israel as they should Jesus actually is the one who's anointed, who's holy, who's sent from God. He is the good shepherd. Um, and those who hear his voice and respond in belief are his sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus is, is, again, calling them out on their hypocrisy. But then he's also just calling and inviting them to come and believe. Come and hear the shepherd's voice respond and believe. And we have this, we have this statement at the end that some do believe. It says many believed in in him there. You see them wrestling with Jesus. Uh, what, what, who is he? What is he doing? But then it says that many believed in him there, which is kind of a hopeful end to this passage. Sure. Sometimes in John, we've seen people believing. Sometimes we've seen people rejecting Christ, but here we see some believing in Jesus.
1: Yeah, it's so good. Like these religious leaders, well, the, the people wanted Jesus to say, plainly that mm. he was the Christ. And then when he said plainly he was the Christ, they were going to stone him. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't. I think you see in their desire from Christ, they wanted Jesus on their terms. They wanted a certain type of Messiah. Uh, they didn't really want Jesus to reveal himself in the way that he did. They really wanted Christ on their own terms. Jen, as you think about this, what are just some of the application points maybe that come out of this text?
1: Oh, man. You know, I think it's really just what you were just saying at the very end of this, I want to resist putting Jesus on my own terms. Mm. I want to so clearly hear him yeah. and be so connected to the vine that I mm. know his whistle mm. and mm. I know his words. Yeah. Um, I feel like as humans and the Pharisees demonstrate this perfect, we're always trying to add logic to the story mm. versus trusting Yeah who what jesus says and what his words are and Mm. um yeah i i really want to live the next part of my life Mm. being very um desperate independent and open-handed going i'm gonna let god be who he Mm. is and not try to put him in the box Mm. that i want him to fit in
0: but the problem with that is that that takes trust and surrender totally. and release of control so, luck, and Jen. death to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I love what you said there, though. And I think the the immediate question is like, oh, but that re- that requires me not to be on the throne of my heart. Yep. Which is so hard.
1: So hard. Which is why <laughs> we talk about it every single Sunday. Yeah. And hopefully you're talking about it in every single life group. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you're helping the next crew of people who are just discovering Jesus yeah. discover this. Yeah. Yeah. And our kids, oh my gosh, our kids need to yeah. know this. Good yeah. Lord, they think they're on the throne mm-hmm. of everybody's mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Totally. <laughs> so hard. Totally. And I think like one thing I love what John does is he shows the folly of being on the throne of our mm-hmm. own heart, mm-hmm. where it's like like in our foolishness we think that being on the throne of our heart is the way of freedom, but it's actually the way of bondage. Yeah, It's actually the way of death and destruction. Um and Jesus in last weak spot and kind of how we're breaking up John 10 talks about the pasture that he invites us into the abundant life that he invites us into yep. and hearing the shepherd's voice following the voice of the shepherd is the path of rest it is the path of path of freedom it's the path of trust hmm. so in some sense it's a hard path but actually the path that's not trusting is the harder path. If that makes sense. It's in some sense, it's a hard path, but it's actually the easier path Mm -hmm. to follow in that sense of, uh, finding rest and abundant life and walking fullness of life in Jesus. Um, which is what John is continually inviting us into, man. I think for me on a real practical way, an application from that is just waking up every day and saying, Jesus, how do I hear your voice today? Mm -hmm. What are you speaking to me? How do I hear your voice and follow you today? Um, to be the sheep as jesus says who hear his voice that he knows them and that they follow me so um i think that's the invitation for us
1: it is it's good hey guys thanks um for joining us thanks for taking time out to pour into your understanding of scripture so that you might help others discover scripture and the truth that jesus is god
0: Whatever you are doing while listening to this podcast, we hope you feel equipped, encouraged. Um, Know that you're not alone as you walk in this and ready to walk through the text with your group this week.
1: Yep, so do your prep, just like you're doing listening. Let the Holy Spirit lead you because you are nothing without the Spirit. Um, And know that you are the one who was sent this week into your group, into your family, to your neighbors, wherever it might be, to be the living proof of a loving God.
0: We love you guys. We'll catch you next time on The Text Lab.